Hey everybody, this is Mike with Hunting Ain't Easy, and it is mid to late January. Uh, the holiday 20 pounds have settled in pretty firmly, and the season of hunt planning and getting back into shape is here. It's official. So um, I got to sit down with Kyle Alton, who is uh, a hunter here in California. He grew up hunting, um, so he's got a, a few years on me uh, in terms of hunting experience and getting out there chasing big game in California. But he's also a personal trainer, and he's been a personal trainer for about a dozen years. Um, works with quite a few clients, uh, older folks, as he says, that when he defined the age, it was primarily my my age set so i'm one of those older folks but uh, a lot of a lot of body mass like uh you know lightweight but strength conditioning resistance exercises for people to to maintain uh maintain overall body strength muscle mass bone mass bone density things like that but he's also getting into nutrition and i think um one area that a lot of us don't pay enough attention to is the fuel that we're putting into our bodies. And depending on the season or the, depending on your fitness goals at the moment, you know, sometimes we are in, you know, cut and weight mode. Sometimes we are in building strength mode. Sometimes we're in performance mode. Um, and whatever it is that our goals are at the time, just like how there's different seasons of the year for hunt planning scouting and actually going out and hunting there's different seasons and different goals when it comes to fitness um depending on what you're putting in your body it affects how you're going to perform um you know sometimes we're in the mode of you know low torque low revs long endurance you know diesel engine type work uh and other times we're we're trying to be a you know top fuel dragster and really go hard but for shorter periods of time Anyways, that's a long way of me getting to the point that Kyle is focusing on nutrition and fuel intake for hunters, and he's developing uh, nutrition and diet plans uh, so that hunters can get the most out of their, their training program, whatever it is that they're focusing on currently, as well as uh, going to be working on doing some, some fuel and food plans for hunters that are heading into the backcountry to help make sure they've got all their nutrient needs covered. Um, during a period of time, you know, if you go in the backcountry for five, seven, 10 days, it can become very easy to become out of balance in terms of your food intake. And if you're back there going hard, maybe not sleeping enough and, um, you know, up before dawn into bed after dark, uh, if your if your food and your your fuel intake is not balanced and at the right level, you could really bonk and and run out of energy and and end up cutting your hunt short. So we're gonna dive into this podcast with Kyle Alton. He is on Instagram, Fuel the Hunt, just like it sounds, Fuel the Hunt, and uh, it's a good conversation. We had a good time talking, and uh, I hope you get a lot out of this. And uh, of course, if you're looking for some tips and tricks and fine tuning for your own fuel and diet needs uh, for the training that you're doing right now, hit them up. Here we go. Hey everybody, this is Mike with Hunting Ain't Easy 
and uh, I'm excited to record a podcast that's not entirely dedicated towards uh, regulatory issues um, because it seems like that's all we've had coming at us recently. Um, I've got Kyle Alton on the phone uh, or on the uh, on the line here, actually on the Zoom. And uh, Kyle's uh, Kyle's new business is called Fuel the Hunt, and so Kyle's in the fitness space, and um, and it doesn't matter how good your engine is, you got to put gas in it, and the better the fuel is that you put into it, the better it's going to run. And so Kyle's really focusing on on you know fueling our outdoor activities uh, properly, and so even though it's the off season. Um, if you have seen my some of my Instagram posts and whatnot, I kind of view hunting as a year-round sport or year-round activity. There is no off-season. You know, every day can be a hunting day, can be a scouting day, can be a training day. Um, so every day, year-round, it's a day to get better at what we're doing. And um, if any of you have uh, hiked in the mountains with a heavy backpack and uh, a, a gun or a bow in hand at, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand foot elevation, you know, that, that what we're eating and what we're doing from a, a, you know, fitness perspective is, is critical to success that day. Um, but what we're doing before that is also super important. So, um, welcome Kyle. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about, you know, fueling and, and fitness and getting ready for hunting and also just, uh, you know, what it is that we should be doing with our bodies and, and, and food needs, dietary needs while we're out there in, you know, in the midst of the adventure. Awesome. Mike, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, because I have to do this, um, because it's part of my, like my, my PTSD that I'm dealing with right now from the whole <laughs> anti-hunter, uh, a barrage that seems to be nonstop in the last few weeks. Um, I do want to ask you, you were, you were on the call the other evening, um, yeah. rallying, uh, you joined about 40 other hunters, thankfully, um, rallying around this, uh, we got this petition that's looking to, to ban bear hunting in California. Um, what do you think, what do you, what, you know, as a hunter, what's your perspective and what do you think that's going on there? And how, how do you think that, that whole dialogue went and, and how things are going so far? Uh, first of all, just thank you for kind of heading some of that stuff up and getting people together because, you know, as it was talked about on the call a lot too, I think that's been a big thing that's missing in the hunting industry is, you know, just us banding together and joining together as the anti-groups do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where they end up, I think, with a lot of power on us sometimes is by having that big force behind them and so many people who jump on and support mm -hmm. them. And then us hunters kind of just keep to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I've always kind of been that guy who kind of just kept, I didn't, honestly, I think a lot of it too was just having no idea about these issues until all of a sudden, oh, something's banned. And right. I didn't even hear about it until then. Um, and then seeing your stuff is kind of really what got me started in this. So I'm pretty new to the whole legislation side of things with it. Um, and I've gotten on two of your calls now with this kind of stuff. Cool. And, you know, it's kind of eye-opening for me. For me, for the most part, I'm just kind of sitting back listening, trying to take this in because there's a lot of guys on there who have a lot more knowledge than what I do. But I figure the best thing I can do is be informed. So um, just trying to inform myself right now and try to be able to, you know, do what I can um, to help fight for our rights as hunters. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, I think that's, I think that's the, where the magic of social media actually works. Um, I think that's where the, where podcasts can work. Um, you know, the, we, we have tools available to us, uh, which sometimes people say they don't, they're not 
you know, they don't benefit of us, us. They, you know, they, they, they drain a lot of time and focus, but I think that is where, you know, social media is going to enable hunters to join together as a, as a community, um, at the right times and, and be able to kind of bring our message together and, and respond to things in real time. I, I totally agree. I think a lot of these things, I don't know if they're intentionally timed to, to surprise us, um, but they definitely yeah. do surprise us. And often because we're not, we assume, ah, oh, you know, everything's fine. You know, the tags are there. I hunted. I'll get my tags next year. And then boom, um, somebody has been working on the side or, you know, behind the scenes to create um, a dialogue and an initiative that we didn't think would ever come up. And then boom, there, yeah. you know, it surprises us. And so, yeah, I'm glad you're part of that. And, um, I think, you know, truly it's just the one, one hundred at a time that we can bring in and, and, uh, and get in the fold and get informed and then get activated is, is super important. So thank you. Thank you for being there. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm an older dude. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm an old dude, uh, but I'm an older dude, you know, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I grew up, my, my, my background was not hunting. I grew up, but I did grow up backpacking a fair amount okay. uh, my dad was like uh if he, he he had hiked the john muir trail up and back you know a couple times in segments in his oh, wow. in his life and so he exposed us to some he exposed us to doing hard things like with a backpack and, and getting after it and chasing miles in the mountains um eating you know dry salami dry cheese uh oatmeal <laughs> in the morning swiss miss hot chocolate at night um, freeze, freeze dried food. So I'm used to eating crappy oh, yeah. freeze dried food, um, in the evening at nighttime in the mountains, um, yeah. but we didn't hunt. And so I, I definitely, you know, I'm new to the hunting space. Um, but I like to, I think doing the, the, the doing hard things part of it is what's attractive to me and being out there in the mountains. And yeah. I know that, uh, it takes being in shape. It takes being, you know, having strong legs and, and also a strong will to, to keep going, but also takes a lot more, you know, dietary intake than your normal day around the house. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about, you know, what's your hunting background? Obviously it sounds like you've been involved in fitness some, but are you new to hunting like me or did you grow up uh, no, a hunter uh, all, all your life? Yeah. So I'm actually um, at least or in California, I'm a third generation California hunter. Nice. Um, Born so into my it. Family's, yeah, so my family's been hunting uh, D6 area for years. Um, okay. So my grandpa and my dad's not 100% sure before that, like what the history is with hunting, but I'm sure there was a lot more hunting involved, but it would have been like back east and stuff uh -huh. um, from family. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of grew up with it. My dad, um, when I was really young, was still hunting. He was big into archery, did some competitive shooting with archery. Um, and then me and my brother got involved in football and my dad put hunting on hold for several years. Okay. Um, and so then we didn't get back into hunting again. My dad's first year back at it was when I was 12 and I just had the long that year. And I, um, and so like, I always kind of drive for hunting yeah. me, and it was just kind of, it's, I yeah. it's just in the blood. Um, yeah. So then, um, after that, like I was so motivated that, um, at what was I 12 years. So it would have been after that. So 12 years old going into turning 13, um, that summer I worked mowing yards, washing cars and bought my first rifle at 13 years old. Bravo. And yeah. So 
and that kind of lit the fire, you know, and then I started hunting then, um, trying to think at that age, that would have been, I think if that was a year. So right around that time though, um, let's see, it's been, yeah, it was either that year or the year before my dad had a heart attack though, and ended up having to have open heart surgery. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and that was right about time we got back into hunting. I think that had been right before he started again. I think he, mm-hmm. maybe he started again right after that. Cause then he started kind of getting into taking care of himself a little bit better again. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, he wasn't able to do a lot of hiking and stuff in the hills. So I kind of grew up doing some short hikes, mm-hmm. a lot of road hunting just because I hunted with my dad and he wasn't able to physically get out there and go do that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until, let's see, it's going on four, five years ago, I got into archery. Okay. And that's when I kind of started changing the way I hunt as well. You know, it's gone from, you know, doing the little tiny short hikes where, at that point, I was like, I hear guys, oh, they go a mile away. And to me, like, that sounded so far back then. Yeah. Like, a mile from the road? Like, what? What happens if you <laughs> kill something? Like, I was kind of clueless. Right. Like, yeah. The whole what happens thing. A mile. Yeah. Yep. Like, I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. But, like, if you kill something a mile away, what do you do with it? Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a long drag. Exactly. And that's that would have been what I would have done then was I would have gutted the thing and drug it a mile. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, so yeah, so then I started getting in, as I got into archery and stuff like that, started doing a little bit of hunting more on my own as well. And that's when I first kind of got into some of the backcountry stuff. Um, and so over the years I've been doing a little bit more of that. Right on. And yeah. And then this past year I went a little different than that. Even I've been running trail camps for the last two years and that's been a game changer for expertise at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I had an area where I thought that the deer were coming through a lot. Um, I mean, they were coming through a lot, bedding in that area and stuff. I ended up trying to go the tree stand route. And of course, a couple of different times I had it where we went and checked my camera 24 hours after I was there, middle of the day, these yep. nice bucks came right through, you know, that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah. Um, yep. And yeah, and it's like, you know, people who say that there's not nice deer in California just don't get out enough or just aren't running the cameras and stuff like that. Cause I mean, I'm hunting in an area like that spot there is an area I grew up hunting my whole life. And I've never seen bucks of that caliber before sure. so running the cameras. I'm running into them now. And, yeah. um, well, your cameras are running into them. Yeah. Well, I, well, I ran into one <laughs> the, the first year. So that's how it is for me. The cameras yeah, the see them. Like I don't ever see them, but the cameras. Yeah. See them. The 2020 season, I had a beautiful four by four come in right on top of me, um, that I had on camera all year long. Wow. Um, like the whole summer up until that literally came in, me and my buddy were up there hunting, came in the exact spot that I've been seeing him a bunch comes in. I think it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. He comes into there Okay. and it's thick timber. The direction he came in from wasn't, was not what I was expecting. Yeah. Cause I didn't have any cameras over there or anything. And he comes down this trail and beds 30 yards below us, but it's in the thickest part, no shooting lanes, no way of walking in that area at all without nope. speaking him when he's 30 yards away. So we just got to sit there. Um, and I'm up on a knee and I stay on a knee for two hours waiting uh, for him. And agony. he gets up, turns around and leaves the exact way he came in. Yeah. So, so then, you know, we're sitting there, you know, talking about it like, oh man, what should we do? Should we, you know, go try to put a stock on him now? Um, should we sit here? I'm like, you know what? Let's sit here for a little bit because I've had it multiple times on camera where he's left and then came back. Uh-huh. And sure enough, I sit down on my butt. I'm like, okay, I need to rest from being on my knee. And within 15 minutes of him leaving, he comes back in, except for now he's like angling parallel to us. Okay. Slightly towards us, headed to this bed that I had him on camera yeah. a bunch of times. And 
he's like seven yards from me and I make this involuntary little t- littlest twitch in the world. Yeah. And he just picks that up. Yeah. Stares at me, locks me in the eyes, seven yards away. Nice four by four. Probably he was probably pushing, you know, like 170, 180 pounds, nice body on him and yeah. everything. Um and yeah, and then he stared at me for about three seconds and was gone and never had him on camera again after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and the, the the bucks that we have in the timber in California, um, I think there's truly some incredible deer that we just yeah. you just don't ever see. Like they've just got yeah. it figured out between, you know, whatever wherever they want to go, they've got multiple paths that they can use to get there. They choose carefully based on wind, time of day, temperature, just everything. They just have it so yeah. dialed. I mean, you know, if you spent your entire life, you know, if you spent every summer in a in a one square mile area or even smaller in, in a, you know, a half square mile area, you'd have it pretty well dialed in as far as what you could do and where you could go and not be seen. Yeah. And that's, that's what they're doing. They're 365 yep. days a year or, you know, at least in the summer when they're in their summer, summer range, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. but I want to, I want to go back, you know, growing up. So was your dad uh-huh. doing backcountry stuff or were you growing up more on like the, the deer camp, you know, the deer camp program kind of set up and, and stay yeah. there and then hunt spike out from there. And what was that? Was that yeah, fairly so more, physical? More than, um, it wasn't super physical. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, when he, grew up hunting they were very physical went all over but they you know went from the road and would hike over across hills to another mm-hmm. road kind of thing it wasn't really going into like the wilderness kind of stuff as much okay. they would have like their they would have like their main campground they would have a bunch of guys you know they get together for archery stay for a week and hunt all over the hills and do that kind of stuff um so that's kind of like how my dad he grew up that way um and then when i got into hunting, like i said it was more we did short walks my dad mm-hmm. kind of he wasn't able to walk the hills as much and when we were younger you know he would send us off on a little walk that wasn't very far where he knew where we were carry radios kind of thing never getting that far from the road um and at that point i was definitely not into fitness and stuff and like i said it was all short stuff the couple deer i killed were when i was um a junior i had junior hunts here and took two does when i was younger right like the first couple deer i took yeah um and yeah so when your dad had the heart attack, was that a, was that an eye opener for you at the time or were you too young then? But, but did it click with you at some point? Like, did that inspire you anywhere in the, in the, in the, you know, your path to, yeah. to kind of go in a fitness direction and kind of wake, wake up? It was, it sounds like it was probably a wake up call for him, but, but when did it mm-hmm. click with you? Um, you know, what's funny is I think it clicked a lot younger than what I realized. Okay. It's something I've kind of realized lately that I think that's a big part of my passion behind fitness and taking care of myself and being healthy um, is that side of like the family history. Um, So like, so like my grandpa as well, who my dad's dad, um, he had his first heart attack in his thirties. And then um, if I remember correctly, he was 48 when he died from his second heart attack. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then my, my dad was 47. Um, when he had his heart attack. So yeah, it's like, I realized like taking care of yourself and, you know, and they live, you know, a lot of that kind of Southern lifestyle, though, more fried foods, a lot mm-hmm. of salt on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my dad grew up super active. And then as a lot of it, you know, as it got older, the activity went down, mm-hmm. there's a lot of smokers in my family. Um, so there was a lot of factors that they were doing against yeah. themselves for health. 
Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, okay, hey, I want to take care of myself more. And, you know, and then hunting kind of has been, as I've gotten older, I think hunting is part of what keeps me motivated to keep my, keep myself in shape and everything besides being a personal trainer and yeah. almost feeling like the force that I have to stay in shape. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have a want as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely having, having an activity that you enjoy that, that requires a certain degree of fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and where you kind of have to check in, like you're kind of forced, Hey, it's hunting season. I got to go out there and walk the woods and yeah. you, and you find out very quickly where you are on that scale. Um, yeah. what kind of, what kind of personal training have you been do- doing and, and what's the, you know, is that connected to the hunting or, or, or not, not, not yet? No, all my in-person stuff, like I've been doing that for 12 years. I actually started that when, um, just before I turned 19, I became a personal trainer and I've been doing okay. it ever since then. Um, and yeah, it was kind of one of the things I kind of just fell into it a little bit. Um, and then I went to school, got my bachelor's degree in kinesiology, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just continued to pursue it. And I started my own personal training studio six years ago. Um, but it, it's all general population, okay. mostly working with older adults, 50 and over, uh, weight loss. Hey, that's me. Strength up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, um, yeah I, well, you I said it was old fun. people now you told me it's 50 and over i'm not so sure i, I older, like that older <laughs> older people yeah uh, yeah but I, I get a lot of people that i work with who i'm helping through injuries or whatever they've okay. just been super sedentary and while it's it's been good it's a good business i love my clients mm-hmm. it's not my complete passion working okay. with that group of people um, so that's where I kind of wanted to make a little bit of a shift and do something, um, uh, that kind of tied hunting into what I do, because like I said, it's a big reason why I do what I do. Yeah. So what's going on? So what's the, so what's that next step in, in terms of bringing that, you know, bringing the fitness and bringing, bringing hunting together for you? Yeah. So now I'm, um, my big step first with the hunting is focusing on nutrition coaching. Um, so I, and I'm doing it specifically for hunters. That's all I'm going to work with is taking on hunters and I want to make sure that I kind of have that niche and I can really just tune into that because like I said, that's hunting and the whole thing and tying it together is the passion. And like, that's where it's like, I just, I'm so much more motivated for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm doing everything remotely. So online, and that's a new change for me as well. Um, and with that though, I'm going through, I'm currently, I've gone through all the coursework, part of what I have to do to finish up my nutrition certification is working with clients, um, hands-on for 90 mm-hmm. days. And then I have to like turn in like a report and stuff with that. So I'm working through that right now. I just actually got started to start working with the first few guys. Great. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like I got some feedback already on it and like, it's exactly what I was hoping for with guys, you know, where they either, a lot of them seem to have the fitness component kind of going already. They're doing mm-hmm. something. They might need a little bit of direction there, but they're much, it seems like, a lot of the hunters are more self-motivated on that, which I like, Yeah, but yeah. they don't know what the heck they're doing with their nutrition or they're yeah. just eating however they want and stuff like that. And that's where I really want to come in and help guys out. Yeah. What are some of the, like, what are some of the, the situations that you've seen or that you've, that maybe even you've lived yourself, um, where people have just been doing it wrong or they've really gone off track, whether it be in their training and fueling or maybe out on like a, like a multi-day hunt where they're, where they're just mm-hmm. getting themselves into the wrong spot from a, from a fuel perspective. Yeah. I'd say a lot of it, you know, it just like kind of how you're talking about how hunting is just a year round thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where making this connection is part of the year round part of it. 
um, is that guys just don't, they don't take care of themselves during the off season. Mm-hmm. And then they wait till a month before season. And all of a sudden, Oh crap, I got to get in shape now. You know, and they try to do this crash thing. Oh, I need to lose weight. And they try to start focusing on losing weight right before season, which typically right. during a weight loss phase, you're going to lose some strength. You're going to lose some energy. And that's the last thing you want to do if you're getting ready to go into, you know, even if it's just a weekend backpacking trip, or if you're going on a lot of these guys, you know, going on a week long 10 day hunt, and all of a sudden you're trying to do a crash right before. Right. So, you know, it's like trying to teach guys like, hey, start taking care of that stuff during the offseason. Focus like this is the time of year right now. If you need to lose weight, this is the time of year to focus on weight loss right now. Okay. And do that for a period and don't constantly be in a calorie deficit where even if you got a lot of weight to lose and trying to keep it where you keep your metabolism good. Um, yeah. And, and so that way you're functioning the way your body should function, keeping your energy up, keeping your hormones up and everything where it's supposed to be as you go in and throughout the season. Got it. So I, th- I think about like the, the year round cycle, like right now it's, we're mm-hmm. off season. It's, um, yeah. it's about to be hunt planning time, like draw, like figure out where I'm going to put in for points and what draws I'm going to put yeah. into. And, you know, it's just, there's, it's planning and logistics and calendars. And then, you know, once and, uh, and maybe some skiing <laughs> and then, you know, once, uh, and then once, um, you know, spring hits, that's when we start finding out, well, what do we draw spring or spring and early summer? what do we draw? Where are we going to be able to hunt? What tags are we going to yeah. have? And then it's time to like get back out of the woods, start doing scouting. And then of course there's, there's, you know, there's the August, September, October, maybe August, November, you know, hunt time. Yeah. To me, they're all part of hunting, but they're different cycles. How does yep. fitness and fueling does fitness and fueling change that way too? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Like, so kind of how I started with the saying, um, for a lot of people to go in the sports analogies, an okay. easy one to kind of comprehend with. So, you know, right now in football season, we're just, you know, we're in season for football, let's say. Okay. And then once season's done, that's what you're going to call your postseason phase, which is kind of, we're kind of in the post slash off season for our hunting. Most of us are more into the off season. Um, and off seasons where you kind of choose your real goals, like what is your primary focus going to be? Is your, is your big goal, is it weight loss or is it performance that you're trying to focus on? Okay. So let's say it's, let's go with the weight loss example. Cause that's a lot of guys. So yeah. you focus on the weight loss during that off season period. Okay. Now okay. we start to approach, let's say summertime. Okay. Now is when you're going to start focusing maybe a little bit more on performance and getting your body back to that maintenance level. Okay. So you lost the 20 pounds you wanted to lose or whatever during this time. Now let's bring your body back up to where you're eating your calories to maintain that weight and can keep your strength up and stuff, get your body back into what's called homeostasis. So balance basically. Okay. Okay. So we want that balance that way you're functioning as best as possible. And then you kind of bring, you can kind of bring that into like, that would kind of be like your preseason and in season, you kind of want to maintain a little bit of that in season. You might want to start even eating into a calorie surplus a little bit, depending on how active you are, how much you're doing, making sure you're, you know, you're giving that body adequate fuel. Like in season, like I see these guys who are going with these intense workout programs or intense cuts while they're in season. And then they're wondering yeah. why they're burnt out while they're hunting or why they can't sleep, why this is messed up. And it's because they're not taking care of their body and their hormones end up getting all out of whack and stuff like that's not the time to focus on that. Focus on that during the off season. And why then, can't I do, why can't I do cut weight? Cause mm-hmm. I need to, 
and yeah. build performance at the same time. <laughs> it's very difficult. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's much easier to focus on one goal in your So um, okay. we use what's called the triangle triangle of awareness. So just picture, get yourself a triangle. One corner down here, you got aesthetics. So weight loss, building muscle, like that kind of stuff. More about looks and stuff like that. Okay. Other corner over here, you have longevity. So that's all about health, wellness, living as long a life as possible. Uh -huh. And at the top, you got performance. Okay. You have to decide in that triangle, basically, what your goal is, okay? Mm -hmm. And where, yeah, you can kind of have a goal that's kind of towards something, like kind of in between a little bit, but the more in between you are, the harder things can be to focus on that goal okay. versus, okay, let's focus on the aesthetics for a while, focusing purely on weight loss for mm -hmm. a couple months, okay? And then while you, because while you're focusing on that, when you're in that calorie deficit, it's very hard to build muscle, build strength and performance. You know, you're not going to be able to perform at your peak when you're in a deficit. Right. Okay. So you do that deficit for a little bit. If you're trying to lose the weight and focusing more specifically on that weight loss. Got it. And then once you're done with that phase, you bring your body back up to that homeostasis. So your calories back up to what's called your um, total daily energy expenditure, yeah. which is going to be your BMR. So your basal metabolic rate. So how many calories you're burning sitting on your butt all day long, plus you factor in your energy or your um, energy expenditure. So how much yeah. activity you're doing per day, you know, and there's multiple that you kind of factor in for that based off of how active you are. And that gives you approximately how many calories you're burning total daily. Got it. And at that point, that's where you should be able to maintain your weight with what you are doing. So for okay. me, like right now, and the problem is a lot of guys are, well, I actually find a lot of people are too low on that, even people who need to lose weight. And that's why they have really low energy um, or their body's holding on to fat because mm -hmm. that's easier for the body to hold on to muscle costs the body a lot to hold on to. Mm -hmm. So if you're not eating enough, your body would rather get rid of muscle than fat. Okay. So Cause the muscle, about, the muscle burns need, needs calories. Like to, to maintain the muscle, it requires calories. Yes, exactly. And, huh. um, especially if you go into it for like, if you go into a fat loss phase for too long, because the only option you have is to continue going lower and lower and lower and lower in calories. Right. But over time, you don't want to do that because like I said, that's what really, like will end up slowing your metabolism down over time when you do it for too long. So if you do it in a phase and then you bring yourself back up to where you're supposed to be, now your body's able to maintain what you just did and you're able to do that at a higher calorie and then you can start cutting again and you'll actually start losing weight again if you want to. Got it. So what's that, what, what is the, what is that weight loss phase? You know, two yeah. weeks is, I'm guessing like two weeks is too short, six months yeah. is too long. What's, what do you, do you bring, do you bring people through like, like, a like, like, you know, multi-week cycles and, and, and do like, if, you know, but say between now and uh -huh. I don't know, August 1st, I want to, I want to lose weight, but I also want to yeah. build, build performance. Yeah. Do you go through, you know, what is that seven? That's uh, about 24 weeks. Uh -huh. No, it's about 28 weeks. So do you, do you run me through like multiple six week cycles or do we do you know, 13 weeks at one thing and then 13 weeks at the other. Yeah. It's going to really kind of depend on some of your biofeedback as well. So part of what I'm okay. doing with like the people I'm working with is I'm tracking other things besides just like your calories. I'm tracking how's your mood going? How's your energy level going? How's your libido? How's your digestion feeling? Okay. Um, and that kind of stuff. So you kind of play some of those factors in. And then also <laughs> sometimes what will happen is, okay, so we'll start you. Um, I'll just use myself, for example. So like right now, I'm kind of in um, more of a building slash like trying to build a little bit of muscle slash strength phase right now. Mm -hmm. um, and my maintenance calories to maintain my current weight is at 3,500 calories a day. 
So I'm trying to at least hit my maintenance because it's a lot of calories. Yeah. Um, and if not, actually eat a little bit more than that, but not too much. Okay. You'll put on a little bit of weight typically if you're doing something like that. Um, so basically, as soon as I start cutting from like 3,500 calories a day, I'll start losing weight. Okay. But I'll only do it at, you know, I'll start off, you know, cut two, two, two to 400 calories a day, basically. Um, so that way my body's not, it's not a huge shock to the body and stuff like that. I'm not going into some crazy, okay, now I'm just going to go eat 2000 calories a day. And my, sh- my system goes into shock. Right. Okay. And then, and then let's say I do that for a couple months. Let's just, I'm just going to go eight weeks, let's say. And then also, and that's kind of when I hit my plateau. So typically, so we might base it off of plateaus slash goals. Okay. So it's going to be very individualized. And this is where a lot of it comes into individualizing where the coaching really kind of comes in based off the individual person versus here's you a cookie cutter thing. Good luck. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, so yeah, so like, let's say at eight weeks, I lose 15 pounds or whatever it is, but then that's kind of when I just kind of hit that point or that's where I hit my goal. Now I'm going to bring myself, I'm going to recalculate out what my calories should be. I'm going to come back up to maintenance at least, um, and bring my body back to that level where it kind of balances everything out, make sure my hormones, everything is functioning good. And then kind of go to the next goal from there. So let's say, the next goal, like you said, is performance. Now you mm-hmm. can focus more on performance and eat. And then with that higher calories, you're going to see better results with it. On the performance side. Definitely. Definitely. Got it. Got it. It's yeah. interesting. Um, sh- she'll probably strangle me for this, but my wife is, uh, my wife is, uh, she's a marathon runner and uh-huh. um, it's almost impossible to lose weight training for a marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it, it's always seem like i don't get it like you're running 60 miles a week you know yep. but but the fueling side and i think this totally yep. you're echoing this and really validating this like the fueling side of marathon training is so important that to do it right and do it consistently if you're running those that that, that kind of mileage yep. um and, and trying to increase your performance at the same time, like increase mm-hmm. your speed, increase your endurance, increase your, your, your distances, you have to yeah. fuel and you have to fuel on a, on a, you know, you can't be on a deficit because if you're on a deficit, no. you're going to run yourself literally, you know, just run yourself into the ground. Exactly. And, um, it's, I think, you know, I think you're, you're completely echoing or, or stand, you know, validating mm-hmm. that, that concept. Um, yeah. Do you, do you focus on macros? Do you focus on types of food? Cause I've, I've heard about like the macro concept, like doesn't matter what yeah. calories you eat. You could eat Twinkies all day. It's just calories. And I'm like, eh, it seems like, you know, Twinkies as my carb may not be the best carb for me, but yeah. if the macro people say it's okay, then they say it's okay. I mean, what's the, where, where do you find that balance? Strictly from, strictly from an aesthetics point of view. Yes, that is true. Um, Calorie deficit is calorie deficit, basically. There are definitely some stuff to fueling your body with better things that your body's going to perform a little bit better. Like a big one is having a high enough protein content. Mm -hmm. But if you're hitting your macros, you're hitting your macros. Just because protein does have a slight thermogenic effect. So it does does take your body a little bit more work to break it down. So you're actually burning a little bit more calories, breaking down protein than carbs and fats. Um, But if you're hitting, like when it comes to macros, that's part of it. So, you know, you're lining all those things up. And as long as you're in a deficit, especially if you have consistency with it, yes, you will lose weight. How you feel though is a different story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the big that's where the big thing and what it's doing to your body in the long run and stuff like that. Right. That's a whole different story. But can you lose weight and eat dessert every single night? Yes. 
you know, as long as you're keeping it in that balance and finding where it's at and it fits into what you're doing and you're not going crazy, you know, yeah. and by saying that it doesn't mean you're eating a thousand calories in dessert. Sure. Um, like my, like the mentor that I have right now with the nutrition coaching stuff I do. And like, they did a thing recently where it was hashtag never skip dessert. And, you know, for a month <laughs> straight, ate dessert every night, but focused on things and still lost weight eating dessert every single night. Sure. Well, you, so it's you not, can, it's not you so can. Much, it's not, <laughs> yeah, you definitely can. Yeah. And like, but once again, too, okay. What's your dessert and how much of it are you having? Right. And your body can handle a little bit of that versus if you're constantly throwing sugar at your body, drinking soda, eating candy throughout the day, it's yep. a little different versus, right. you know, these guys are having a balanced dessert at the end of the day, not constantly eating sugar throughout the day. Right. Uh, and like I said, what is your goal? Is your goal strictly aesthetics? If it is, then yeah, if you stick to that kind of stuff, you will lose weight. There was okay. a guy I think who did it on eating McDonald's or something like that right. for the entire month, but kept his calories under and still lost weight, but his blood work was like horrible or something like that. Sure. And sure. so like on the health, on the health side, it's terrible. Um, what I typically try to tell people is try to get at least 80% of your calories from whole foods. Okay. Okay. And then kind of create a balance from there. That's, that's not like the store, the high, not the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. like you know, actual real, with, real food that hasn't been through a machine so much. Yeah. Do your best. You know, I know yeah. that some of that stuff's harder and harder and the, and the, I think part of the crappy part about some of that is the cost of eating healthy. You know, for some people, that's what makes it so hard is it's so expensive to eat healthy. So it's finding what you can do and creating that balance and trying to go the best that you can with it based off of what your goals are. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It can be financially hard or it's hard. Like, uh, mm -hmm. like from a boredom standpoint, like we, uh, we eat mostly whole foods, I think, especially yeah. for dinner, but it's <laughs> like, you know, we rotate, you know, it's yams and chicken or rice, brown rice and mm -hmm. salmon or, yeah, uh, you know, or yams and salmon and brown rice and chicken. It's just, you know, and then, you know, some roasted vegetables, but that's just me. I don't do a lot of like fancy prep. Yeah. I just do, I do super simple, like baked roasted carbs, baked roast, you know, roasted vegetables, roasted meats. Um, yeah. You know, just slow cook, but it, but they're all, you know, it's almost zero processed food on the dinner, on the dinner right. table, at least. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just what eat too much. I just eat too much of it all, because you know I'm a clean yeah. the plate. I'm a clean the plate person, <laughs> so uh, got that ingrained in me. Yeah. So yeah. my my oh, so yeah. my my goal like you're you're focused on food, but obviously your clients they need to be doing something from a fitness mm -hmm. perspective, like from a training perspective. So oh, are you guiding them on that yeah. or are you, are you benchmarking the food intake and the food planning on what you're, the, what they're mm -hmm. telling you that they're doing from a fitness side? Yeah. So right now I'm doing more of the latter, what you said. Okay. Um, and I'll kind of throw in some pointers if I feel like they need to make changes with their fitness side. Um, yeah. Like some people, I might actually tell them you need to cut back a little bit on what you're doing. Cause right now, because there can actually be on the training, on fitness, like on the training side weird. of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys definitely do too much. You can sometimes actually get better results by doing yeah. less, which people are like, what? Like for me, like right now, um, technically I get seven workouts in a week. Cause I work out with clients, yeah. a couple of my clients, one of them, was an older lady and I work out with her four times a week. And really the workouts are only about a half hour. And those are like my super mild. I take it easy, go 
through the movement kind of workouts. I'm not lifting heavy weight or anything. Yeah. So those I don't count as much. But my my three big workouts, I work out three times a week for an hour long. Okay. Um, and with the program I'm following and with my nutrition, I'm 31 now and having better results than I had in my early 20s. Nice. When I was working out five, six, seven days a week sometimes. Yeah. I uh, I, I don't know which podcast I was listening to. I uh-huh. I'll plug Huberman Lab um because i listen to huberman a bunch but huberman lab is great he gets into physiology and also a lot of mental and hormone you know hormone stuff and how diet and but anyways i'm not sure if it's his or another podcast but they they talked about how like when you're in say you're say you're throwing some weights around you're working out with you know with with uh with weights and how you're affecting your muscles and it's not the lifting of the weight that makes you stronger it's the recovery of the muscle after you've lifted the weight like it's the yeah. the, the the weight lifting damages the muscle yep to use it you know very loose term terminology yeah. that is easy to understand you know the, the weight lifting stresses the body you know the training the run the 5 mile run stresses the body and it's yep. the recovery, which requires rest, that makes it stronger, yep. makes it better, makes it do be able to do more next time. Yep. And yep. it's kind of, for me, you know, it seems like, well, duh, that's so obvious. But it was mm-hmm. a little bit of a light bulb moment for me because I think a mm-hmm. lot of people do train thinking this training is what's going to make me stronger. It's like, no, it's actually the rest afterwards yes. and the recovery yeah. of your body afterwards. And so... You know, that's where I think what you're talking about, like you know, doing less, that means, you know, mm-hmm. getting your rest time in, getting those rest cycles in, like the yeah. rest reps are as important as the, as the, you know, training reps. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's where the nutrition, your sleep and everything lining up together is so important. Cause like you said, the recovery is where it's all at. If you're not recovering, then mm-hmm. yeah, you might have a period too, where like, I'm getting stronger. I'm doing this. I'm doing good. And it really depends on how long you've been training for. So what you call like your training age, if you're a more novice person who hasn't mm-hmm. done much, your body adapts really well, actually, when you first start doing it okay. and we'll almost, we'll almost adapt to anything. It's kind of crazy for a period of time. Sure. But the further you get in what, in your training age, um, you have to really focus on certain things like that. But the awesome part is too, with having a higher training age, your body can function better off of less. And like you said, okay. and the recovery is that much more important. And that's where, um, part of the reason too, why, like I said, part of with the eating and it helps with your sleep and stuff, because sleep is where we recover the most. And yeah. there's a lot of people that aren't getting adequate sleep. They're not doing the proper things, you know, for that. Um, they're just doing too much where their body's never fully recovering because they're working out six days a week. So they're constantly breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, but never building back up. And like you said, working out and what we do to our bodies with lifting, you know, creating that stress on the muscles is stress. And yeah. a big problem with a lot of people is too much stress. And when you have too much stress, it messes with your hormones, which can make it where you don't lose weight. Cause I've seen it too, where people have, you know, almost everything in line, they're eating in a deficit, they're doing this, but their stress is so high that their body will not lose weight. Got it. And they get the stress under control or whatever they can control at least. Cause some stress yeah. is kind of hard to control. Um, sometimes it is cutting back on the training a little bit. So that way your body can actually recover. And all of a sudden they start losing weight. Yeah. When they cut back. Yes. Yeah. Because their body's, yeah, like there was, their body's yeah, healing. Like, yeah. Like my coach um, and mentor, like he has an example, like he used to work with a lot of, um, I think he still does some, but worked with high-end CrossFit athletes. So guys who were, you know, competing in the open and the big games and stuff like that. Okay. 
Um, and he had one, this lady and she was a high level CrossFit, CrossFit athlete. And she was eating like 1400 calories a day. Uh. She hadn't had her cycle. And I think it was like, it was like six months for like a year. Yeah. Since she had had a period. She's out of whack. Her hormones, yeah. Her hormones were out of whack. She was training like crazy. The yeah. first thing he did with her was had her quit working out for six months to restore her body. Wow. Okay. And this would have been entering into the off season. So she basically had a full year until the next comp, the big competition. Got so it. She took six months off and then got back into training six months later yeah. with her body now functioning, eating a much higher calories. Yeah. And she went and placed higher than she had ever placed before. Wow. And the body holds on to that. Like the whole body, it, it, you don't lose your fitness completely. And, and as I think, no. I think as you said, if you, if you have been training at a certain level, yeah. your body can come back to that level pretty quickly. It, once it, you know, if you, Definitely. if you come back to it health in a, in a healthy manner. Exactly. Exactly. That's why it's so important to make sure that all of it's not, like you said, it's not just about the training. And so many guys think if I just work harder, if I just work harder. Yeah. And there's definitely something to some hard work and where you focus on performance for time, you know, and you got, you got to be able to build your endurance and everything. It's not like if you just do this, this, and you can go, you know, hike at 10,000 feet, you're going to be fine. Right. Like there's definitely some work you got to put in. Sure. You got to make sure things are lined up and you're properly fueling your body, properly recovering to be able to put your body through that. Do you, do you get into like time of day and type of fuel or limiting bracketing? I know there's like, there's the whole, um, you know, uh, like the fasting thing where you, where you eat within a certain time frame, or, or are, is, is what we eat when we eat important? How do you, where are you, where are you on that, that whole spectrum and, and how it fits in with fitness and, you know, training and whatnot? Yeah, there's definitely certain things that there is science behind um for certain timing um it really kind of like for me with like a client it's gonna really depend on where they're at though like okay. that's not something i'm gonna throw on someone who's just starting to you know work on their nutrition and stuff that's more okay. i'd say someone who's gone at it a little bit longer a little bit more advanced um trying to button things up a little further yeah like like for me for example um like for my my big workout that other day is I work out at four o'clock um, and I do that three times a week. Mm -hmm. And I, I try to eat a big meal. That's going to be a balance. Um, definitely trying to get a good amount of protein and carbs in that for sure. About four to five hours before. Okay. And then I'll eat again between like 90 to 120 minutes before. That's going to be a little bit of just protein carbs kind of thing. And mm -hmm. that's going to be something small just to put a little bit more into me. Okay. Um, and then the other thing I do timing wise is I have a post-workout shake. That's a balance of one-to-one -one carb to protein. All right. And it really like calorie wise or, or, or grant or like mass grant grams, okay. uh, which will, which equals out in cal basically calories anyway, because the protein is okay. basically only protein that I'm using. There's a couple of things yeah. um, and protein and carbs are both four calories per gram. So it basically equals out okay. um, on the calories, but it's more about the grams. Okay. Um, so, and I use what's called, it's, um, highly, highly dextric. Sorry. I can never remember how to say this properly. <laughs> One of those names. Um, <laughs> let, let me get the proper name. Those so long molecules are never easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like something like, what the heck is this for? And so right. It's just, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a carb source that the body absorbs really well and really mm -hmm. fast and really mm -hmm. helps to kind of bring your levels back after a harder workout. Okay. Like, you know, like when you feel super exhausted after a hard workout and like 
if you drink that, like drinking it after with the protein, like you'll bounce back so much faster. More accessible, more accessible energy yeah. source. Yep, exactly. It's not just any kind of carb or sugar either, you know. Um, this one tends to be one that works really well for that purpose. Right on. Of course, it's going to be slow on me right now trying to load this up. Yeah, no yeah, sweat. I'll come back to that once that loads up. <laughs> so when you're out on a hunt, I'm not sure. Um, it sounds like you, you do, you're getting up there in the backcountry some and, and you're, you're maybe yeah. you got everything on your back. When you're out on the hunt for multiple days, what do you, how are you approaching that? Is it the same approach as when you're, you know, in your training cycles or, or are you packing, you know, obviously weight is an issue. Um, yeah. Simplicity is an issue for some people. For me, I want my backcountry food to be as light and compact as possible. So I index very heavily on yeah. high fat, high protein. Um, yeah, high fat, high fat mostly. I I, you know, I like dose up my 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 granola with with MCT oil. I dose up mm -hmm. my Mountain House. I re repack my Mountain House my Mountain House foods um, with MCT oil to jack the calories. I'm probably getting a thousand calories a day just on MCT oil, um, nice. just because I don't want to carry like a bunch of bulk and I don't want to carry a bunch of weight. And so that's uh, mm -hmm. you know I, I'm I'm definitely not the template for. I don't think I'm the template for good health, but I want to be really light. I want to be about a pound and a half a day if I can, if I'm really want to go skimpy. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not a small person. I'm, you know, like six, thir six three, two thirty. So a pound and a half of food is, is pretty lean, probably running a deficit. Um, yeah. But that's me. And I've, I can, I've been able to do, and even then I don't eat all the food because I, I just, I'm not hungry and I'm not focused on food and that's probably a problem as well, but I'll go, I'll uh -huh. go, you know, a, a day I'll be like, Oh shoot, it's three. I haven't had my lunch or snacks. Mm -hmm. Um, depends on how bored I am or how frustrated I am sitting in glass and I'm not finding something. <laughs> right. But, yeah. um, so what do you like, what's your, what's your tactic in terms of, um, you know, all of these different, different factors. Yeah. I got to carry it. You know, there's weight, yeah. there's bulk. Some people, um, they need food to be interesting, to want to eat it. Uh, they get tired of the, you know having the same thing every night, so they you know they they got to spice it up somehow. You know where are you on that spectrum, and what's your plan? Yeah, that's something um, that I need to do a lot more research myself, even on, and yeah. something that's definitely in my what I'm trying to learn a lot more about this year because I've only done if I've only done maybe real five six backpack hunts and they were all mm -hmm. like three days like three days at the most okay so i didn't have to worry a ton i had yeah. to worry more because the backpack i was running at that time i was more worried about space than weight yeah um because i just didn't have it was you know i was running a it was a badland 2200 okay and i was running it for like three nights which it's not really meant for that that's um, a small pack that's yeah, one way to, I made it work. It's one way to stay light. Like everybody says, like get a small pack, you won't fill it up, or or you will fill it up, yeah. but you also fill up a big pack. <laughs> so the yeah, smaller yeah. your pack, the less you'll have yeah, to carry. Exactly. Yeah, and it yeah yeah. So it was it was more you know like that and that was one of my first backpack cuts when I did that and it was like stuff into the brim and I was kind of the same way where I had a bunch of extra food, but then I kind of like now my approach would be really trying to do my best to eat at least my maintenance calories to, okay. to make sure. And it depends too, kind of how long of a hunt you're going on, but to make sure once again, kind of going back to that recovery thing, 
Yeah. Because if you're not recovering properly and you're not feeling your body properly, the first couple of days, maybe you're going to do okay. But let's say you're going on like a seven day hunt. Yeah. By the end, you're probably going to feel like crap. Might bonk. Exactly. You're going to start crashing. You're going to have a hard time if you're even trying to glass. Yeah. Um, it depends too. How much glassing are you doing? How much hiking are you doing? Um, kind of factoring in how much you're burning. And sometimes it might be hard to even eat maintenance, but at yeah. least trying to keep those calories up as much as possible. I like what you're doing where you're trying to, you know, add that MTC oil in to get those extra calories that are easy. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually a good way. And then also too, making sure um, I'm not opposed to carbs one bit. I'm not one of those anti-carb kind of people. I'm eating 300 and something grams of carbs a day and yep. I can do that and lose weight, you know? Um, and I think carbs are huge for your fuel. Um, yeah. it's just the proper sources. And from what you're telling me that you're doing is a better than a lot of guys. And what I see that they bring on their hunts. <laughs> and I think it's okay too, though, to, you know, have a little something to enjoy yeah. um, while you're out there. Um, but it's like, once again, it's just, it's all creating that balance and how good do you want to feel? Yeah. You know, I think food, food is really personal for people. Um, like, you yeah. know, for some people, food is, uh, you know, food needs to be enjoyable, um, to, to want to eat it, to, to, you know, to find that comfort, like at the end of the night and the end of the day to, to settle into something that's like an enjoyable meal. Um, and I totally get that. I, yeah. I think I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably an outlier in that I just want that just to be functional. Like I don't care. Like if it's, yeah. I don't mind eating the same thing five nights in a row. Um, uh -huh. The less I have to think about it, the better I don't pack. I actually don't pack a stove. Um, and so I actually cold soak the, the freeze dried food. You know, I just nice. literally, I just literally, it's like, just pop, open it up and pour water yeah. in and let it sit for 20 minutes and, and just grind yeah. it down. And it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not yeah, good. Yeah. It's not yeah. good. Like, Oh my God, yeah. this is an amazing meal. Um, it's totally functional. And usually at that point in the day, I'm wiped out. I'm tired. I don't want to have to think about something. Mm -hmm. I don't have to fiddle with a, I don't, I don't want to fiddle with stuff. And so it's totally, uh, function driven, but yeah. maybe I'm so wiped out because I've been eating like crap all day too. So maybe there's, maybe there's, uh, another side there's of the definitely coin. something to that. Yeah. Maybe there's and another the other side part there. That's challenging. Yeah. And then the other part that's challenging sometimes is like the hydration side while back there, you know? Yep. Um, and like, I remember experiencing that on one of my first, uh, backcountry hunts, you know, did like 20 something miles in a couple of days. And I'd never done anything like that before. Yeah. And I was getting water. I had, I think adequate water, but with the amount I was sweating and stuff, I didn't plan for the whole electrolyte side of things. Mm -hmm. And while I was drinking a ton of water, I wasn't retaining any water. Okay. And so, you know, working on being able to find that balance of water retention as well, because that's a big thing too. And I think a lot of guys end up slightly dehydrated when they're hunting and that'll, that's another thing that'll just make you feel horrible. Yeah. If you're dehydrated, you're going to feel terrible. Yeah. And no. yeah. And, but I'm a big fan of how you do things actually. And it's a big, I think it's such a mindset thing. And we've been, I think, especially in Western culture more than anything is, you know, food is all about personal enjoyment versus taking care of our body. Right. And trying to find that transition where, Hey, I'm eating, especially while hunting. Like the main purpose of that eating is to feel your body and take care of your body and your body to recover. Right. Like if you really need that five seconds of pleasure, then, you know, I think you need to work on your mindset a little bit too. Yeah. You know, like toughen yourself up a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. Um, well the purpose, like yeah. if I go to a really nice meal, if I go out and have somebody like making food for me, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's the experience. Like that is it. But totally, like but, it better not be bland and plain when you do that. Yeah, but between four a.m. and and nine p.m., you know, in the backcountry, food it's 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 just a function. It's just it is purely a, a device. It's like. It's like is my is my is my does my sleeping bag work? It's a it's a it's a tool to get me to the next next objective. Yeah. Um and I, I do find I think like the midday well when I'm drinking every, I so I'll I'll pre-mix my drink mix and my the the go-to for me is is goo roctane. It's got um branch chain amino acids I think it's got mm-hmm you know, sugar, it's got caffeine. Um, it's kind of, it's got some salts and electrolytes. And so, but, um, I'll take that Ziploc bags, like two, two servings worth in a day, which is like say four scoops. And then I'll, I'll put in a a scoop of creatine. I'll put in a scoop of like uh, athletic greens or two. Uh Um, and maybe I'll take like a liquid IV pack and lace it in there too. And I'll shake it all up and then I'll take that. And so that's like two quarts worth, but I'll stretch it across like four quarts or three quarts. And so it tastes like crap because it's totally diluted. It's not sweet enough. It's not sweet enough, but, but I don't, but that way I'm getting, that's basically, that's, I'm getting, you know, instead of going water, drink mix water drink mix back and forth i'm i'm stretching that through the day and it seems to work pretty well um but yeah i'm a sweater too if it's hot like i'm i'm oh, four yeah. i'm four or five quarts a day uh, oh, yeah. which means wherever i'm hunting i have to have water like i have to have my water plan figured out or yeah. you know, or planned out um otherwise it's just it's not going to work because yeah being yeah. dehydrated i i think I think being dehydrated is right up there with hypothermia. Like it's mentally, you start getting fuzzy. Yeah. You start making bad decisions. You start worrying. It's just in, yeah, just not a, it's not a good place to be at all. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, like I said, you know, I think it's the more you can get your mind and change your mind to just focus on that stuff is to take care of your body, Yeah, you know, and just focus on that. I think it helps a lot. And like I said, yeah, depending on the length of stuff, a little bit of that comfort can be nice because especially if you're in the backcountry by yourself for a long time, the mental side of things a little bit, but you don't want to focus on that. Your focus should be, what can I do to keep my clarity, my, you know, my mental, all that kind of stuff just in the right place while I'm out here. Yeah. And like, yeah, like you said, the, the hydration thing is key. And I, like I said, I learned that one on that first, my first backcountry hunt was like, okay, just regular water alone is not enough. Right. I was just, I was going through water like crazy. I was sweating like crazy as well, but I wasn't yeah. retaining and I wasn't getting the electrolytes that I needed. And yeah. I started getting that way. I started getting super dizzy. Um, yeah. and like, I just could not focus. And like the whole point of hunting is to be able to, you gotta be able to focus. If you can't focus, you kind of ruin your hunt. Um, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you start just walking or wondering or doing whatever, or you, yeah. you try to sit down at glass, you can't focus enough to glass. And so the more you can just kind of take care of yourself, I think, it increases your chances of being successful because you're going to be a better focused hunter. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So I saw you, you posted something up on one of the backcountry or one of the, one of the backpack hunting Facebook groups. I saw you looking for some, yeah. uh, looking for some clients and Guinea pigs and whatnot. And so how'd that, how'd that turn out? Did you, did you find a few people to, to throw in and, and, uh, let be your test subjects? Yeah, I got a really good response actually. Um, good. a lot of guys interested. So that was, 
that was a great thing for me starting out, you know, just to see the feedback. Um, and of course, of those guys interested, you know, so many of them responded. And yeah. then I've been able to talk to, I think, about six different guys now. Okay. Um, and I've had three of those six sign up with me to start working with me. Uh, so it's a, it's a great starting point. Um, and it's nice because, you know, I was running kind of that similar thing with the, these guys. A lot of them, they kind of yeah. have their fitness at least somewhat in place. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them have some weight to lose. And right now they want to sure. focus on losing weight and then kind of how we were talking, losing weight and then kind of transitioning into the performance a little bit more as hunting gets close. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I got one guy, like he's got a hunt to prepare for cause he's going to go hunt uh brown bear in Alaska. Oh wow! Um, and then spring. he's going to, yeah, yeah, in spring. That so one's coming in, up. I think it's in May. So he's okay. like that hunt in May, and then in October he's also going to. I think it's like Kyrgyzstan. I don't know if I'm really? saying that exactly right. Yeah, yeah, Kyrgyzstan. So he's got, yeah, yeah. So he's got two big hunts that he's doing this year. Wow! And he's like, I got all this other stuff, you know. Like I take care of this. He's like, his fitness wasn't bad and everything, but he's like, it's like I just eat horrible. He's a busy dude, you know, high stress. So he just kind of needs help with lining up his nutrition with everything else he's doing because he's eating out all the time and eating crap. Yeah. And he's talking, he's like, you know, and he's like, he made a really good point that I was like, yeah, it's so true. And it's something I've kind of thought of before. He's like, you know, we spend all this money on the best gear, the, you know, this rifle, this bow, yeah. and then we don't take care of our bodies and spend money on our bodies to take care of them. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. And he was like, that's, he, he's told me like, that's the piece of the puzzle that I'm basically missing right now is taking care of my body and the nutrition and fueling my body. It's like I got all these expensive guns and this and that. Yeah. So I don't take care of myself. It's and got the, the number one, continue. the number one piece of machinery isn't getting the right, the right fuel yeah. into it. So, yeah. okay. So for, for, for somebody like that, cause I think, I think there's probably a lot of people in the hunting space. Um, they're probably packing a lot into their days um yeah and they're busy well just people are busy like like that's just yeah. a fact of life right now people are just freaking busy and so do you do you guide somebody on like a like a weekly meal plan and just say look just make your seven make make your make your dinners in one shot or or buy your dinners in one shot like how do yeah. you how do you get somebody that's in that mode um to get focused and have a controlled diet on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. Yeah. So for him, the approach is going to be actually, and which is good that he was open to this is utilizing a meal prep service. Okay. Um, so, you know, having meals delivered to him that he can just be able to microwave heat up. But the nice part is when you, a lot of these companies now, um, you can order those meals to meet your nutritional needs. Yeah. So you can basically go in there, type in basically what you need and it'll kind of calculate out stuff for you and you can kind of order with that and then i'll work with him on figuring out like maybe some snacks and different things to go along with that but getting those meals in place at least for him yeah the, um, core, the core meals yeah exactly or let's say for someone maybe that's not financially an option for them because that can get pretty expensive sure um that would be the kind of person that i encourage to you know hey i'm in a day where you can you know yeah let's just prep a bunch of your stuff at once or yeah. keep it simple. What I do sometimes is anytime I cook, I most probably 90% of the time, I just cook extra. Yeah. I always cook extra. I never cook for one meal. Yeah. I'm going to be cooking. I'm cooking extra and, you know, just be okay with eating leftovers. Like, do you portion, and, do you, do you, do you portion those leftovers or are you, cause I, my problem is I don't portion my leftovers. So I end up 
doing like, oh, I'll do a full plate today. And then the next day yeah. I do a full plate. And really, wow. I probably don't need, you know, sometimes we just like, we'll put out the small plates for the family because mm -hmm. we don't need to fill the big plates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it really kind of, so that can kind of come off to an individual, like okay. where you're at and what you're needing calorie wise. Like in the stage, like me personally, currently with what I'm doing, we're trying to build and stuff. Like I semi-track my calories. Yeah. Um, but I don't completely do it right now because I'm trying to eat the surplus and I can just tell with my body and the way I react to things if I'm eating enough. Yeah. Um, so, and like, okay, but let's say you're trying to lose, then yeah, it becomes a little more important typically, especially starting out to measure things, weigh things because that most people don't realize how much they're actually eating. That's yeah. a big problem or yeah. how little sometimes one of yeah. the two, you know, they don't realize. They think that they're, or, you know, like I get the classic where they think that they're eating two tablespoons of peanut butter, but they're really eating six. And, you know, like, it's me. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. That's me. And yeah, like, you know, or they're, you know, the average, I think they say is that people will miscalculate by like 25% when they do it yeah. like that. And as yeah. it is, there's a margin for error anyway on nutrition labels that can be off anyway. Sure. And that's where I think tracking of, you know, keeping some kind of data, especially trying to lose weight, use the scale as a tool. Um, I don't like people to get obsessed with the scale, focus specifically on a certain number because that just gets too mentally weird for a lot of people. But yeah. Use it as a tool to know that you're on track. You know, because if you're doing all these things and you're not losing weight, something's off. And then also, like I said, using the biofeedback markers as well, besides just the scale and just losing weight. How are you feeling? How is recovery going? How's sleep going? Right. Um, and just kind of seeing how your body's going overall. Um, I think I'm kind of getting off on a rabbit trail now. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's fine. Question, but yeah. How often, how often do you end up checking in with somebody? So are you on like a, with these, you know, you can, obviously you can take a client wherever given the yeah. way, you know, remote stuff works and, and what yeah. you're, what you're working on with them. Um, how often do you check in with a client and uh, how often do they check in with you and what's that cycle yeah. look like? Yeah. So that cycle currently what I'm starting off with um, is weekly check-ins, okay. so a weekly phone call. Um, what I want people to do is to be keeping track of those, like I said, those biofeedback markers throughout the week. So I can then take a look at it. I'll take a look at least once a week on those before the phone calls. So that way I kind of know how things are going, mm -hmm. um, along with giving a prescription for calories and the macros and stuff. And so like, I'll kind of look and see how everything's lining up based off of what we're doing. Um, and then we'll talk about it. I'll answer any questions somebody has, make any changes I feel like we need to make. And then throughout the week, if someone has questions at this point in stage, um, kind of the nice part about the early stage for me is I'm going to offer a little bit more. I think as I grow, I'm going to have to change some of this. Mm -hmm. um, but for right now, I'm also offering like text message, email support to you throughout the week. So right if someone on. has a question, you know, shoot me a text so I can try to, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Um, I'm not going to answer at crazy hours of the night, yeah. but I'll get back to you during normal times and help you out with that and try to, you know, guide you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and then a big part too, like, a big thing I want to do with people is be able to educate them um, and making sure that you're learning. Cause I don't want this to be, it's not about a diet. Yeah. It's about learning how to properly, you know, maintain your body, get to that weight where you want to be and keep that weight off because that's the struggle a lot of people have. People sure. lose weight all the time. You know, most people can go and lose <laughs> 20 or they can go and lose 20 or 30 pounds and they put 30 or 40 back on. Right. I could lose 20 pounds <laughs> at the drop of a hat. I do it every, you know, six months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And How come I'm said, not? Most, That's the problem. Most people put more weight back on after the problem. People don't right. know how to maintain and kind of yeah, keep no. that balance. 
Absolutely. that's where, you know, trying to teach people how to do that kind of stuff and bring back things to level. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what was I going to ask? What was I going to ask? So are, are you, do you have clients report back to you? Like what they've, what they have eaten, like you're telling them, here's the guide, here's the plan. Here's what we should be doing. Are they reporting back to you daily or at the end of the week? Like, are they tracking this as well and, and pushing it back to you so you can see, you know, or is it just kind of a, a handshake and a wink and a nod that they've, you know, that they're doing it? Yeah. So it's going to kind of depend on the case a little bit. I want people okay. tracking, uh, most people tracking. It's going to, yeah. again, some people I, I'll, I wouldn't want them to start off with tracking. Okay. It just depends on where someone's at. You know, um, if someone's crazy stressed and like I mentioned tracking to them and they freak out, like, oh, no, I don't want to like tracking not where they should start to be. So I might have that person take pictures of their food. Okay. Then giving them some kind of account or do food journaling. That's another go. way you can do things. Just writing down what you eat and, a, you know, and how much you eat. So then all of a sudden now it's in your head and you're having that awareness. Right. You know, because it's, sometimes it's the person who, Maybe they have a lot of stuff lined up, but they grab five M&Ms every time they walk by the jar of M&Ms at work. Yep. And they're doing that 20 times a day and they don't even realize it. Sure. And all of a sudden they're eating, you know, a couple hundred calories with the M&Ms every single day and not noticing it. Yeah. Um, so that's one way. Some people, it might even be simpler than that. Like there's a few things that can help is, you know, um, drink a glass of water before you eat. Okay. Give your body a little bit of stuff in you. Um, yep. Don't have any sort of electronic devices on while you eat. So that way you're actually paying attention to what you're eating and not being distracted eating. Got it. Um, and so sometimes it's just some of the little things that someone's going to start with. And then other people, it's going to be full on tracking. Some people, if I feel like I need to look at it, I'm going to look at it. Some people I'm just going to look at on that, um, on a track, that tracker sheet that I sent with the biofeedback and everything. I just uh -huh. haven't put their calorie. I haven't put their calories on there and their macros listed out on there. And if things are looking pretty good and everything's going good and they're feeling good, I'm not going to dive into it too much. Right. Um, if things are off and stuff, then I might be like, hey, you know, send that over to me so I can look at it a little bit more, dive in a little bit more. Or people have suggestions on, hey, what should I be eating for this? Um, and part of what I'm in the process, too, of working on creating is going to be, you know, working on having like lists for people of stuff that they can kind of choose from, have better ideas from. Um, and then the other step that I haven't brought up yet, and I haven't I told you about this, is I'm going to um, pretty soon is create a Facebook group as well. Okay. Um, this will be a, it'll be a free Facebook group. And it's going to be on hunting nutrition. Stuff we can, we can put our weekly uh, pictures in, show us how well we're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, you know, it'd be a place for, you know, for me to offer some free advice out there for people free sure. you know, and do that as well. And then if anyone wants to join from there, um, the, you know, then they can, but at the same time for people who just want a little bit of extra help, you know, and kind of help guide people on that and try to create a little bit more of a community around it. Got it. Do you have a favorite um, kind of fitness regimen, not on the diets, but a, a favorite fitness regimen that, that hunters should be incorporated into what they're training? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> a zinger. <laughs> I, I think it's, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, because I'm like, there's so much of like this push towards like, just the like, in the hunting fitness space, because there is a little bit of the hunting fitness space. There's sure. not much going on for nutrition. Yeah. It's a lot of like CrossFit kind of stuff, which I personally am not a huge fan of. 
Okay. Um, choose their own. I'm not going to completely bash it. I don't want to, you know, offend too many crossfitters because I know they get e- easily offended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just not a big. Fan. Oh no. And the vegans. <laughs> I'm not a. Bi- I'm just not a big fan of that program. Yeah, exactly. I'm just not a bit. I don't think there'll be too many vegans on here, but no. um, I'm just not a huge fan of their programming and. Okay. It's 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 just a lot of it's so much on the body and some of those Olympic lifts are really not meant to be done at 20 reps, um, the high volume Fair. kind of stuff. And most people don't need to be doing that, to be honest. Yeah. There's yeah. not enough benefit to it versus like I look at things risk versus reward. Okay. So the risk is too high for what the reward of the exercise is. If you're a high level athlete, then yeah, there's a lot of benefit to some of that stuff and that yeah. explosive power and stuff. But there's not a lot of times in hunting where we need to be able to, you know, we're not going to try to snatch a deer over top of our head. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and stuff like that. There's just not for it. And it breaks. There's a lot that it breaks on the body. And the number of people I know who have been hurt doing CrossFit yeah. is higher than I've ever heard with any other exercise program. Is that from um, your so view, is that because of the explosive force, like the explosive force aspect that you're, that there's so much that, that people are, it, you know, there's the weight, but there's also the, like mm-hmm. the. The, the energy that I think they're people get sloppy it. after a while. Some, yeah, yeah, totally. it, it really depends. It's like anything though. You can have a crappy personal trainer as well. Like it's not just that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it really depends. You know, there's there's some good CrossFit coaches out there that I've seen that definitely know their stuff. Um, I'm still not a huge fan of the programming, but there's some mm-hmm. definitely people who know what they're doing and are pretty good at it. But it's a lot of stress on the body. Um, but you see a lot of people having that their form just starts to break down on those movements, doing such okay. high rep, and especially doing it for speed as well. Yeah, that combination of speed is what will get a lot of people to, you know, because then they start to get sloppy because now it's a competition. I'm racing yeah. this person yep. to do that. Um, and that kind of stuff goes into it. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. You break stuff, your like form down. Easy. If you're pushing weight or ex- any kind of, ex- even, even, pl- you know, from a, with, without weight, just body weight, if you're pushing yeah, yeah. speed and explosive force and you start getting tired and you, if your form breaks, you're going to get hurt. That's, that is exactly, yeah. yeah. It's like where new people new to any kind of exercise get hurt is they, they go yeah. too hard or too yeah. fast without having their form developed and snap. Yeah. 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 And I just think, you know, like CrossFit's more of a thing that was created and geared more towards an athlete and the fact that it's pushed so much towards general population. I'm not a huge fan of that, but that's my All own right. kind of personal take. Like, Hey, if someone enjoys it and they like it and they're done it for a long time and been safe and seen great results, great for them, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, that's cool. I don't got nothing against that. All right. So what's um, your favorite? Anyway, so <laughs> my, I know, I know I'm, it's not your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going like, to get so much, like you're going to get hate mail. You're gonna... <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'll take it. I'll take it. That, that's how you and it's, you're here's right. the thing though. If somebody loves it, they're probably yeah. doing it long enough that it's working for them. And that's like, that's yeah. the thing is like, if somebody's deep into it, you know, you're not going to try to talk them out of it because they've, they've got, no, they no. found their spot. Like they found it. Exactly. It's working. Yeah. Okay. And that's yeah, good. And I'm happy. And anyone who can, and anyone who's consistent in something like I'm all for that. Like, you know, right. it's just one of those things, you know, what comes along with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm a fan personally of like, so my approach is more, kind of lining up with my eating and stuff as well. Like I said, right now I'm more in like a, a strength program. Uh-huh. Um, I'm actually doing a program. I'm actually doing a program written by somebody else. Okay. Um, Cause I want to kind of a change my stuff. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of mind pump. They're a mm. big podcast. Um, okay. and they're, they're a lot of fitness stuff. They do some nutrition and they kind of just do some general talking as well. Okay. Um, but these guys are super knowledgeable when it comes to, um, exercise programming. They're okay. very good at it. 
So I decided, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to give one of their programs a shot. And I actually, I love it. And I'm running that with one of my clients and he's 57 years old and his yeah. results have been amazing. Like I got his nutrition like dialed in and his workouts and stuff. He's lifting weights. Like he worked with a trainer back in his forties okay. and he's lifting weights now that he never touched back then. His strength has gone up better. He feels better huh. than ever. And yeah. And so currently we're running that focusing more towards that. And that's kind of like my off season. Like I'll kind of come into this, this like a little bit of my bulking slash building phase. Yeah. Um, I'm always kind of constantly trying to do a little bit of strength and stuff, you know, throughout the year. And then after this phase, which is going to last us about another five weeks, um, then I'll take a week. And I like to do this after hitting a program hard. I'll take a week where we're going to focus more on some mobility stuff, um, which a lot of guys, I think, neglect too is mobility. And Mm -hmm. that can actually help a lot, even with hunting and in the backcountry and stuff is Mm -hmm. being able to stay mobile. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll take a week and just really focus on the recovery during that time too. Um, cause I want my body to recover. And, and a lot of times it's kind of crazy. Sometimes like you're like, Oh, I can't miss time. I can't miss time. And some of your best growth can actually come in taking a little bit of time off yep. and your body will finally fully recover. Your muscles will actually sometimes grow more than when you're working out. It's kind of a weird thing. You know, when your body actually mm-hmm. recovers, it does great things. Um, and then I'm going to go into a little bit for a while, like into a, um, a little bit of a weight loss phase. Um, and I'll switch up my programming and stuff. Like right now, the current program though that I am running, um, it's called their MAPS Anabolic. Um, mm-hmm. It's like their flagship program. And these guys put a lot of work into their programs too, which is the nice part. And um, it started out like doing like a lot of four by four kind of stuff. So strength, four reps, you know, yeah. four sets, four reps. Um, now the current phase I'm in, a lot of stuff is eight to 12 reps. And then I'm going to bump up anywhere from like 12 to 20 reps in the last phase of this program. Got Each it. one goes about three weeks. And then I'm going to go into a cutting phase, like I said, after taking a week in between them. Um, and that's where I'm going to focus on trimming down, losing some weight, get rid of some of that. Yeah. And then that'll take me into like the beginning of hunting season. And around that time, I'm going to focus more just on my overall wellness and kind of bringing yeah. my calories back up to my maintenance calories and not going too crazy with stuff during that time, um, especially if I'm focusing on doing any backcountry hunts or if I'm doing, hopefully this year, I'm going to do an elk hunt. Um, hopefully going to Colorado. So, Oh, wow. Like, yeah. I'm going, to, going yeah. big, going in. Yeah, so, yeah, so over the one going for the over the counter tag. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I'm hoping, hoping to do that. So like, I'll really plan some stuff with that. Cause that'll be like, you know, a week long. And then I should also, if point creep doesn't get, I thought I was going to get it last year. So this year I better get it. Um, yeah. 12 archery. Okay. Tag. Um, so I'm predicting, couple... I'm predicting an entire point of point creep for all of uh x zone archery this year so don't don't get your don't get your hopes up don't get your hopes up i I thought i had my hopes up last year already so yeah um, i'm 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 thinking it's going to be a half a point to a full point of point creep because i'm right in that middle currently so um so we'll see yeah, but with the uh, God love them, but it's also gonna it's a double edged sword. The, the the fishing game is approve is probably gonna approve the uh, uh-huh. the point reinstatement deal for uh-huh. the where there was a large scale public land closures and yeah, they yeah. they mapped out um, totally side note, but they mapped out X zone archery seasons. I think all of them because of where the, where the fire shut down, the fire closures were this year is mostly, it was mostly, uh, mid August, like mid September. Mm -hmm. And it was all forests 
were closed to some degree or another. And so basically there's all X zone archery tags. Those holders are going to be able to say, return the tag post season and get their point back because they could, because it was like 98% of the lands were closed for the season, which is oh, great. Yeah. Like if you have that 10 point tag or the, the six point tag or whatever that you had to wait for, um, but the problem is, is they're all going to be sitting on that extra point now this, this next year. So I'm sorry. I mean, I, I might be wrong and I hope I'm wrong, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of point Creek and maybe they'll, you know, who knows? Yeah. So anyways, uh, no, that's cool that you've got, you've got Colorado on the mind and you've got some, you've got some Exum high country stuff on the mind. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, um, and if that doesn't work out, then I'm very least going to do D zone high country stuff. I got a spot yeah. that I checked out this past year. Only went up there one time. It was a ridiculous spot to get to because I just parked off the side of the highway off a little dead end road that only went like a hundred yards and just yeah. up the side of a hill. Um, yeah. There was no trail or anything, and I can see why there wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't like crazy far or anything. I think I only ended up maybe a mile and a half from the highway. But that hike was brutal because it was a lot of shell, um, rocks with bushes growing all over in the rocks, trying to climb over those. Yeah. There wasn't much of a clear path. And it was, I think it was about a, I think it was like a 1200 foot elevation change. Um, so like, like it wouldn't be crazy if it was a decent hike, but it was sure not the easiest, but it was an awesome looking area. Nice. Um, and there was a spot where there was definitely probably water during archery season like a nice, um, like little pond basically. Okay. Oh, um, good. Yeah. That's key. And there was a, That's key. The spring, the spring was still running a little bit out of it. Um, mm-hmm. so there's definitely a good water source up there and I think it would be in, in there during season still. So I might cool. try to hunt that area a little bit this year and there's some good glassing points too, as well. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah, no, D6 uh, is, has so much great and varied terrain. Um, I'm a big fan of getting up there, you know, getting up, getting up, getting that elevation and, and getting high up on the ridges there. Yeah. Um, it's cool. So that's exciting. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. while I'm on my, um, my fitness journey, I weighed in about a week ago at a weight that I hadn't been at in several years. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I had some travel. I had a couple work trips, um, in November and December and then uh-huh. obviously the holidays and the way I approach all that, all that junk food is like, it is the enemy and I must kill it. So I, to eat, to kill it, I eat it. I could throw <laughs> it away. Oh, like, oh no, yeah. we, we, we must, we must kill this. We must destroy it and make it go away. So, once. so yeah, so I, I do my best to make it go away. Um, and, uh, and then like work stress and then just, just, it just not getting it done. And so I'm definitely in the, I would say I'm in the cut mode, but I'm also in, um, what should be the early phases of training for, uh, a trail race, uh, ultra trail race. I'm going to do in June. So at some point I'll need to crank up the mileage on that. And, but I, Mm -hmm. but I know that for, to do that trail race, um, the less weight I'm carrying, you know, assuming I'm fit, it's yeah. not like yeah. unhealthy weight loss, but assuming yeah, totally. I, uh, if I can cut 30 pounds, 20, 30 pounds in the next, you know, three, well, 
two in the next two months yeah, while yeah, if i can cut preparing. yeah i gotta really drop some weight while while yeah. kind of building a base and then uh -huh. um that man that's going to be purely calorie driven like it's going to have to be yeah. um you know moderate fitness calorie driven weight loss and then it's going to be time to really crank up the distance so i'm in a it's yeah. a little bit of a pickle um you know, to achieve both getting the fitness where it needs to be to do the trail race and, mm -hmm. and do the weight loss. But that's where I am on that. And, um, I think you, th you threw out some good ideas, mostly, you know, the kind of meal prep is, yeah. you know, whole foods type meal prep is, is going to be critical. Definitely. Um, and then that'll, that's June. And so that, you know, that dovetails with, with prime scouting season for about eight weeks. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, capping the fitness. My biggest problem last year was hunting season. You know, it's like you're in the performance mode, which means I'm not in the training mode. And then my fitness by the end of the season actually fell off quite a bit. Like I, I gotcha. didn't, like I ended the season um, less fit than I began. And I, I okay. think that's not unusual. No, but, I but still, it's it's frustrating. It's like you go into it, and you know August archery. I'm backpacking in, you know, going deep, going high elevation, heavy pack. I'm good for like ten days, and then by yeah. the end of the season, going in like three day hunt rifle, and I'm gassed in the first two miles. I'm like, dang, like like yeah. hunting it. Hunting is not training. But, yeah, uh, and but that's where too, like you know, it's so important to try to stay on top of things and keep that maintenance and making sure yep. you're not going too low with things and you're getting that recovery because that's a big thing I think too is you probably start suffering from recovery because now all of a sudden you're going every weekend where before at least on the weekend maybe you're catching up a little bit resting yeah. more and yeah. you know and you kind of start to get I think a little bit of that burnout going on where now you're just not getting that full recovery so that's where you enter versus when you you know that first hunt you're entering in the prime. Yep. And then by that time, not recovering enough. Now all of a sudden you're entering beat up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. tore down, not quite yeah. caught up, not quite caught yeah. up. And yeah. it's, and at that point, it's not just the fuel. It's probably like the whole life cycle, like, like your whole life balance, like to be gone for 10 days, you come back, work mm -hmm. is stacked up to the ceiling. Household stuff is stacked up to the ceiling, sleep yeah. deprived. And then you dive in. And then of course, so then that first week back, you don't do any training. So not only, you know, your fuelings have been wrong. Now it's off mm -hmm. again, your training's back off track. And so, yeah, that's definitely, it's, um, kind of keeping that, keeping, you know, to be able to come back to things in balance is, is mm -hmm. going to be critical as well. Yeah. So. And that's where I think during season, you know, it's, you keep things up. It's just now you're not doing heavy stuff. You're not doing things that completely exhaust you, mm -hmm. you know, but you're going through those motions still, still stimulating the muscle and everything. And then after every hunt, you know, when you come back, you need to try to focus on some recovery, making yeah. sure, you know, those first couple of days, especially post hunt, they're focused on recovery. Just think of how like athletes do. Okay. Like an athlete, they go and they play their game, you know, their Monday, Tuesday kind of stuff. Like let's say for football, you know, they play on Sunday, their Monday, yeah. Tuesday is going to be focused more on the recovery. They're not hitting, they're not going and hitting a heavy workout right after a game or something. Right. Right. And even then athletes, you know, if you do things programmed, right, they're not lifting heavy during season. No, they do all that no. in the off season. No, they're maintaining. Mostly. Exactly. They're maintaining and it's focused. Like I said, it's focused on recovery and injury prevention is a big part of things. Right. And make sure that by and mobility and all that, you know, and going through that kind of stuff, doing the, the boring stuff. Yeah. Of, 
you know, it, may, it might be it might be foam rolling. It might be doing more stuff, focus on stretching, but just keeping the body in line. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's cool. So I'm well, you've got some exciting stuff lined up. I think we all do to some degree or another. Um, yeah, definitely. But uh, no, this is great. So where, where do people find you to hit you up with some some fitness and some uh, most most importantly, you know, fueling and and kind of diet plan ideas that dovetail with their fitness goals that they've got going on? Yeah, I mean, um, my big platform that I'm going to use more for the nutrition stuff. I mean, I'm going to do a little bit of both Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but bo- most of my stuff will be based on Facebook okay. and I do posts and stuff on Instagram. Um, so Instagram, it's fuel the hunt, um, it's cool. my new handle on there. I just recently switched that up. So that's how yeah. you can find me on there. And then Facebook, just Kyle Alton. Okay. Um, and if anything, find the Instagram and find my name off there and then find me on Facebook, um, yeah. would be an easy way. Yep. And yes, I mean, that's kind of the easy way to get a hold of me. Like I said, and then hopefully here, not too long, I'll be rolling out a Facebook group to, be able to kind of put people in and help some people out too with that. Good deal. Fuel the hunt at Instagram. So you're here in California, Central Valley, yeah. but you're you, you can you can work with somebody pretty much anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, um, okay. Just today, I was talking with a guy um, who's up in the Yukon. Oh wow, that cool. was cool to talk to him. Like, dude, talk about a guy who has all kinds of hunting opportunities, man. No doubt. Oh it's man, like, he has some amazing hunting there. <laughs> I was like, a little jealous on that side. Right, it's like probably easy to get distracted and talk about other stuff than than the than the diet side of things. Yeah, the, definitely the, the fitness side. So, well, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great. I mean, I'm, it's uh, it's it's remarkable that we can we can work with people pretty much anywhere. Um, we can tap into resources anywhere now and that's awesome. So I'll put, uh, I'll put the link to fuel the hunt at Instagram into the show notes so people can hit you up there Perfect. and uh, good luck with it all. I may be, uh, I may be hitting you up myself with some ideas for what I need to get done in the next eight weeks. Um, yeah, so look at the, look at the intake. I need to, I, you mentioned peanut butter. It is one of my weaknesses. So, um, <laughs> t- we, we were trying to figure out how many calories a day I, I, <laughs> that much huh uh it's just well it's like i'm on it like i'm on a call midday i gotta you know the kitchen you know the break the work break room is downstairs yeah. it's the kitchen walk in and i gotta like you know snack something quick and so yeah uh-huh. it's it's terrible but um <laughs> anyways it's not fast yeah, food like, it's not fast food yeah exactly it's like nat- especially like natural peanut butter not the worst right. in the world yeah but those calories Man, they do stack add up. up calories fast. They do. Yeah. They do stack up. So, anyways, yeah. hey, thanks. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for thanks for being part of the community and um, yeah, and definitely. appreciate you getting on and 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 sharing some of your insights about fitness and and fueling because it is it is so critical in how we're taking care of our goals both short term and long term. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mike, for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, Kyle. Take care. We'll talk to you later. All right. We'll All see right. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, and thanks again to Kyle for spending some time with me to talk about uh, hunting and fitness and training and kind of the seasonality of, of what we do in terms of taking care of our bodies, getting our bodies ready for hunting and getting out there and actually doing the hunt. So whether or not you're in a cut weight mode like me right now or building strength and mass like I hope to be in a few months or in performance mode, actually going out there and doing the hunt. Um, fuel and diet is important. So give Kyle a shout. He's on 
Instagram, probably the best way to get a hold of him. Uh, Kyle Alton at Fuel the Hunt. And uh, hit him up, get some tips and tricks. And uh, nothing like having a coach to be your accountability partner uh, to optimize your performance. And I think with his physical, um, his, his training, his fitness training background, the uh, food and fuel optimization is going to click really well uh, for you. So again, thanks, Kyle. Thanks, everybody who listens to the Hunting Ain't Easy podcast. I appreciate your support. Um, definitely love to have you share the podcast with fellow hunters and outdoorsmen who enjoy getting after it and being in the backcountry and, and exploring and experiencing our wildlife. So thank you for listening, and we'll get you on the next one. Bye.